0: To Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Oh shit, Jeff in the house. Greetings from Podcastville. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at seedsherenow.com. Seedsherenow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including seeds. Swamp Boys Genetics and of course Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award winning satisfaction guarantee and for my friends on a tight budget SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30 as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com All right, here we go. Welcome to the show, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 709 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the evolution of dabbing. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout-outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout-out to a longtime supporter and a good friend, my buddy, the Canocrat, Let's send a thank you shout out to Lefty and Godfather Kush. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Kes Burton and Magic Mike. I want to send a special thank you shout out to my buddy Jesse Grows. Let's send a big fist bump to a longtime supporter, my buddy Gramps Memel. I want to send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Riven Waters. Let's send a thank you shout out to Green County Grower at G7. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you shout out to Rasta Green Thumb. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know, I do include that link in the show notes and the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. All right, we made it through the intro part. Uh, the next episode you guys will be the 710 episode we're going to talk about uh live rosin about making rosin about pressing rosin at home about growing specifically for rosin i do have our friends uh pedro from pedro's grow room uh mr rosin's neighborhood rosin is legal fuckers Uh, also we've got another amazing concentrate maker our buddy rosin ryan will be on the next episode I thought since the next episode is the 710 show, this should be kind of the warm up for the 710 episode. I focused mainly on making concentrates on the next show. This one will be about uh, how we got to this point in the concentrate world. I'm in Colorado here. Uh, I guess I'm going to evolve right into it. I'm in Colorado here, and I feel like I was kind of uh, on, the, on the forefront, excuse me. I was on the forefront uh, in the scene, if you will, of the evolution of concentrates. I was there um when some of the very first concentrates were put out first uh first things were made i got to try some of the very first new products uh that people had never seen before um some of my friends were making live resin they were the the innovators of the official uh inception of live resin and from there they were pulling the live resin out of the uh the obidos machine Uh, and smoking it before it was even purged or completely processed. And they had a special name for that. I was smoking that stuff, but I started by smoking, uh, some funky brown goop. So I feel like I've been around since the, and a part of the evolution of concentrates here in Colorado, this new dab evolution. Of course, there is that old, uh, the old bubble hash, the old stuff that the older, uh, the pressed hash, the funky hash, the older guys, like the old clientele that come to the dispensary always ask for old bubble hash. Uh, there's always been bubble hash around. But since the evolution, since legalization and medical cannabis concentrates and dabs uh, have really evolved. Now, let me uh, step in and correct myself. I uh, need to talk about uh, proper terminology here. Before we get too far, I keep saying dabs. Um, A dab is actually a verb. Dabbing is a verb. A dab is kind of a unit of measurement. the The phrase dab came from uh, I would get my dabber, the little tool on which I would scoop up my concentrate onto my dabber so I could put it onto my nail to consume it. The amount of concentrate that it would take to get me properly medicated was a dab. So when the phrase "dab" came into this whole game, it was basically a unit of measurement. Now the term, the word has been used very broadly. It's like a, it's like a coke, any kind of a soda, a carbonated beverage in a can is now called a coke. Uh, that's kind of how dab has been bastardized. Uh, Into the community, into the industry. It's okay, but I just want to clear up some things here so that we're all on the same page. We all know what I'm talking about. What is a dab? A dab is basically a unit of measurement or an amount of concentrate to be smoked. I want to take a dab. Hey, do you have any dabs? I haven't taken any dabs today. That's how we would say that. I could use a dab. Uh, I like to take dabs. That is kind of the way it should be said. People say, can I buy any dab from you? Uh, that's not really the way that would go. Uh, do you have any dab? That's not the way that would work. A dab is kind of a unit of measurement. Multiple doses would be some dabs. I think you get what I'm saying. Uh, what we should really be saying is dabs are concentrates or basically hash. A lot of the older audience will be more familiar with the word hash. That is hash is a cannabis concentrate. We have taken the valuable, the useful, the medicinal part of that plant, and we have stripped it from the green leafy vegetable, the green part, the flower part. Uh, that is a carrier. That is what grew the trichomes. The trichomes is where the, uh, the potency is hidden. The trichomes are where the potency is hidden. Maybe I should have said it that way. The trichomes are what we want. We have discovered methods and ways to remove those trichomes from the plant. And now we are concentrating those trichomes, that potency, that, uh, the terpenes, uh, the other things are esters, palates, a lot of other things happening, but mainly we're going for the, the potency, the trichomes, Uh, the cannabinoids and the terpenes are what we're mainly after in there. We are concentrating that into a smaller form and removing the leafy material that we do not need to consume. We're not horses. We're not rabbits. We don't need the the green leafy matter like that. We want to smoke trichomes, resin glands, uh, cannabinoids, terpenes. That is what we are after. So we've discovered how to remove that. There are many ways to do it. A lot of people do it through, uh, you can do it through, uh, just, uh, Uh, What is it? Agitation. You can, not when the crystals, those crystals, the trichomes, when the crystals fall off the weed in your grinder, you are making dry sift hash, basically. Not really, but kind of. That is trichomes. Those are trichomes. That is a concentrate. That is concentrated trichomes. If you press that into a puck or roll it into a ball or simply scoop it on top of your bowl, that'll get you extra buzz because that is a little concentrated trichome, a little concentrated THC on those trichomes. It's going to get you extra buzzed. There are also fancier ways of making dry sift hash. I've seen people use bags. Uh, You put a bunch of trim or a bunch of weed in a sieve bag with a certain size micron screen, beat the shit out of it for hours. All the trichomes fall off. The, uh, the green leafy matter is left in the bag. Also, another very popular method to do this is by using water. We've all been uh, educated. We will be educated in the next episode on using ice and water to remove trichomes from the green leafy matter. In that case, water is not being used as a solvent, is being used as an agitator, as a mechanical separator, uh, not as a solvent. So that's a different, uh, when they say solventless, yes, that is still solventless concentrate. A lot of people have discovered how to do it simply by squishing a bud. You can squish a bud and you can make concentrates out of that. A lot of people will make bubble hash out of the bubble bags, take that and then squish that, and that makes really nice rosin. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Then another very popular way, another thing that has evolved rapidly, Oh, let me touch on CO2 oil. Also, we can make concentrates with uh, hexane, propane, CO2, all kinds of other Uh, uh, gases. I don't know the technical term for what I'm trying to say here, but it's uh, possible to make concentrates with many other gases. The one I am most familiar with, what I think is most commonly used is butane. I will not teach you how to make uh, butane concentrates. We will not talk too much about that because it is dangerous and probably illegal where you are. I do not need to lead you down that rabbit hole. There are plenty of avenues uh, for you to learn how to do that if that is your preferred method of making concentrates. So let's talk about. Uh, I'm way off of my notes. I don't know where I am, but we are going to talk about. Oh, I was talking about the actual terms here, wasn't I? Shit. Uh, the most popular is butane concentrates. Uh, now, in my in my opinion, uh, the most popular here in Colorado is probably the butane extracted concentrates. If you get shatter, uh, if you get batter, if you get diamonds, if you get sauce, most of the time, those were extracted with butane. The other most popular is the, uh, the fresh frozen, the live rosin. People really love that. The price differences in butane hash and rosin are astronomical. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Uh, I was trying to cover the, uh, the terminology here. So a dab is a dose, a, a hit of a concentrate of some hash. Um, When we take those trichomes and we pull it off of the plant and we use either water, agitation, butane, heat, however we achieve that process, we have now made hash or a concentrate is basically what we've made. We've concentrated that potency into one smaller uh, amount, and now you need less of that to achieve the recreational or medical dose which you now desire. So that is basically dab, a dab and what a dab is and what a concentrate is. Now the act of taking a dab is known as dabbing. If you called and I had a a dab on the dabber and I was putting that on the nail, uh, into the rig. I know that's a lot of terms. We'll talk about that. If you called me right now and he said, what are you doing? I'd say, I am dabbing. Or if I had some people over and we're just sitting on the couch, uh, watching videos and taking dabs in a group and He called me or texted me and said, what are you guys doing? We are dabbing. So I think we've got the terminology down. Pedro will touch on that also in the next episode, but I wanted to make sure to cover that. So we know where we are. We're all on this podcast together. We're going to talk about concentrates, dabbing, dabs, and the evolution of such. So here we go. Let's talk more about that. I think I should start off kind of by talking about how I got into real concentrates, real Uh, BHO concentrates. My first dab, maybe. I'm going to talk about my first pre-dab and my first real dab, and then I'll talk about my first uh, group dab. I got to change my notes because I just got an idea. not even going to edit that. I will edit the change. Give me one second. All right. My notes have been annotated. I will not forget one of the stories I wanted to tell, one detail I wanted to put in this show, one more avenue of rambles I needed to add to the notes. Here we go. Let's talk about uh, one of the first times I got real dabs. Of course, I was smoking concentrates with friends uh, before then. We all would get random shit that we thought was hash or bubble hash or whatever people would sell us or give us when we were younger. Until this time period, I had never been stoned or high or uh, DTFO. That stands for dabbed the fuck out. I have never been DTFO like I was on this occasion. So let's talk about my first experience acquiring some BHO, some butane honey oil, some butane extracted concentrate and my experience. Right around the time that medical marijuana was becoming super popular in my area, this had to be uh, 2007, 2008, maybe 2006. I've got a brain injury. Timelines are weird. I'm getting old. Shit's all blurry now. Anyway, around that time frame, I was doing... Um, business. Well, this happened a long time ago. I was doing business with a friend. He had uh, the most amazing sour diesel that money could buy. That shit was so good. You'd get in the car with it and everyone would be like, damn. And you'd light it up and your eyes would itch and shit. This dude, I was getting some sour diesel from him. This is like a weekly visit. I'd go get an ounce of sour D from this guy and try to make it last a week. It would never fucking work. So one day I get some sour D from my buddy and he passes me just a little folded piece of parchment paper. It looks like a half a dollar size piece of parchment paper folded in half inside of that parchment paper was some goopy golden stuff. And he gave it to me and he goes, hit that when you get home and let me know what you think. So I got home and I had time to look at what I got. I unfolded it and I realized this is that BHO stuff I've been hearing about. This is that butane honey oil that I've been hearing about like in magazines and hearing other people in Denver and shit talk about I heard somebody talk about this recently and they said they got so high they couldn't handle themselves. I was like, I'm really curious about this. And it was just a little teeny tiny bit. It wasn't very much. Now it would have been Maybe maybe a fat dab. Back then it was several dabs, but now that that would have been maybe one fat dab for me. I take pretty monstrous dabs. Uh, that wouldn't have been much now. But back in the day, that was a lot. So I took I got a little scraper tool, like a pipe cleaner tool, just something to scrape it up with. And I gathered some of it off the parchment and I didn't have a proper way to smoke it. I didn't really have there were no I didn't have a dab tool. I didn't even know I was gonna be dabbing, so there was no dab equipment. So I got a little tiny pipe that was brand new. It was a gift from a dispensary. I spent some money at a dispensary. They were nice. They threw me a glass pipe as a gift. I put a little tiny chunk of weed in the bottom of the bowl just to cover the hole like a screen. Uh, if you ever get a new pipe, that new hole's too fresh in there. I just took a chunk of weed, uh, maybe one calyx, maybe it was one bract. Uh, I stuffed that in the hole to work as a screen. Then I took half of that little glob of, it wasn't even a glob. It was half of a, a big dab of the BHO concentrate and just smeared it on top of there. And then I sat at my desk and I was supposed to go somewhere. I had that new sour diesel in my pocket. I was going to go smoke with friends and go do some shit. But instead I took a lighter and I hit that BHO just a little bit. Just, I just took one good hit to where I got like a nice lung full. And as soon as it hit my lungs, my brain went, oh, 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 we're going to get high, high. I thought we were going to get high, but we're going to get high, high. So my lungs went, and I blew it out and a cloud came out and I changed colors And I went from my desk chair, zombie mode, to my bed, face down, just, and my body turned off. I remember having the most vivid dreams. I was super high. I woke up, my eyes were still bloody red, and I was hungry as shit. I had to text my buddy, and I was like, bro, was that BHO, or did you give me drugs? And he's like, bro, that's BHO, and I made that. I was like, how much more do you have? (laughs) Because I, I was so high. I had to share that with some friends. I had to share that experience. So for a little while there, we were smoking BHO on bowls. We were doing it all wrong. It was working. I got I got high as shit, but we were not doing it right. We needed to find the proper equipment. So that leads me to my second dab. I'll tell you that after I adjust this camera. All right, the camera has been corrected, hopefully, through the magic of editing. You don't even notice. You only notice because I just told you. Let's talk about my second dab. I was at the Cannabis Cup. Again, I cannot recall which year this was. This was the first year of the Cannabis Cup in Denver, in Colorado, at the uh, the little tiny place. What was it called? x Little tiny, tiny place. It was tiny. It was so crowded in there. Uh, not the first time. It was pretty open the first time. Then several years later, it got super crowded. Uh, this time, it was perfectly packed. We had to park down the block a little bit. It was pretty hyped up because it was a Cannabis Cup, a high times event. They're always huge. Um, we walked around that event. We smoked weed with everybody. People were offering dabs. So... I, we saw it. I, was, I had a person with me and I was like, You want to go and hit a dab? And um, she was like, Sure, let's try that. So we got in line for the booth at Broadway Wellness. Big shout out to my buddy Big D, Daniel Desai, uh, The Secret Cup, uh, Top Shelf Extracts, Broadway Wellness. Uh, Big D was pivotal in the people are good. That's a controversial statement. D, I love you. Got nothing but love and respect for you. D was pivotal. Pivotal. That's a good word. Say it a couple times. It becomes the new ROADs. Uh, D was a huge part in the evolution, the pioneering of concentrates in Colorado, especially the Denver area. Uh, he revolutionized, pioneered concentrate making, selling, dispensary operating, the way shit was done. He had a lot of uh, influence on the industry, in my opinion. If you don't agree with that, that's fine. Send me an email, grow from your heart at hotmail.com. D's a con- con- controversial dude, and I got nothing but love for the big guy. Uh, keep taking care of yourself, brother. But. Uh, We're at this Cannabis Cup event, and we're walking around, and we decide that it's time to take a dab. So we get in line for a dab at the Broadway Wellness booth. At that booth, a guy known as Big D was working there. I've seen him several times uh, in magazines, on social media. Social media was banging for the weed scene at this time. This was before they took down all of the weed content. We used to do dab wars on social media. Uh, We would tab it, uh, hashtag it uh, dab wars uh, attack of the dabs and shit like that. Uh, a few of us were taking gigantic dabs and being, being silly on there. Uh, I digress. And I kind of lost where I was, where the fuck was I big D at Broadway wellness. I knew we'd get back on track. We get in line, right? I know who big D is. And he's like, do you want a big dab or a little dab? And I was like, uh, no, I didn't even hit it first. Uh, the girl that was with me, she got in front and he's like big dab or little dab. And she's like little dab. So she takes a little tiny dab. D heats up what is known as a swing arm skillet at this time. He's got a little piece of titanium that swings up and you heat that and then it swings down and it attaches to a piece of glass that looks like it goes into the bong and comes out like a bong stem would, but then it comes down, it curves downward and has a bell that would flare out. uh, It's shaped like an umbrella or a bell and a swing arm swings underneath the opening of the bell to absorb the smoke so that you could inhale through the smoke, uh, the smoke through the bong, which this piece is attached to. That makes sense. He had a little like a 10-inch tiny bong with not a big, thick uh, stem on it, so you didn't get too much smoke in there at once. It just went straight to your head. So he heats it up, Uh, way too hot back in the day. We didn't know yet. Heated it up way too hot, Uh, put the dab on there. The girl that was with me hit it, And she went wobbly numb for a couple of seconds. I had to reach underneath her arms and support her, kind of reach underneath her and hold her up for a minute because she went wobbly. Uh, She went kind of frog leg, kind of fishing a little bit. And she blew out this cloud. She looked back at me. She goes, I need to go sit down. And I was like, well, let me, let me get. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you get one of those, but I'm going over there. So she kind of bust out of the crowd. She had to go sit down, get her shit together, take a drink, catch her breath. And I'm like, wow, this looks like a good fucking time. So I line up. It's my turn. I got the rig right in front of me. Big D drops a fat dab on there because I'm a white guy with dreads. I look like I know what I'm doing. And I got skyrocket high from that dab. When I blew out that smoke, my brain, it felt like fireworks went out one side, a rocket ship flew out the other. But then it also felt like I shit my pants at the same time. A lot of things were happening. I was in, it was heaven and hell at the same time because I was so high that I was like, am I. Am I having a stroke? Am I coming? Am I dying? Is this living? Like, I wasn't sure what the fuck was really happening from that dab. But I know that I loved it because before we left that event, I went back and bought one of the exact rigs that I hit, and I bought one of the exact torches he used to heat that bitch up. And I bought a bunch of concentrates from everywhere I could find at that event. So from then, we started dabbing heavy. Now that will lead me into another great story. Part of my evolution of dabbing. This is how it all began. You guys, this is one of my favorite stories to tell. Uh, this may be a short podcast actually, because this camera is telling me that the battery's low and it was at hundred percent when I started 22 minutes ago. You guys don't care about the tech issues. Third dab story on the 709 episode. Here we go. Rasta Jeff telling stories t- today. Gather around you guys, in story time with Rasta Jeff. All right. Who was in this story? This story starts off with Pops. Uh, Big shout-out to our friend Pops. Rest in peace, brother. Miss you. Love you. Uh, Also, Kevin was there. Big up to Kevin. Haven't seen Kevin in a minute. Hope you were well, brother. Mike may have been there. I'm pretty sure Mike was there. I'm not sure. Wade may have been there. Uh, There were probably six or seven people in my basement. Uh, I called a bunch of people over. I was like, hey, guys, I got a new rig. I got a torch. I've got some dabs. I want to show off, and I want to get everybody skyrocket high like I did at this event. So the whole crew came over. I think my girlfriend at the time might've been there also. And I got a bunch of concentrates on the table. I lined up dabs for everybody. We all took a dab. We all leaned back in our chair for about 10 minutes. Everybody kind of one at a time decided I got to go home. Our friend Tony was there also big up to Tony. haven't seen you in a while, brother. Everybody decided, man, I got to go. And they all just got up. They just left quietly. people are like, I got to go take a nap. I got to go get food. People just disappeared off the couches. I honestly laid the fuck down. It took about a six hour nap. Uh, when I woke up, everybody started texting about the same time. Like, bro, did you fall asleep, bro? Did you eat all of the food? Like I woke up. So we wrecked everybody that day. And that was the first time we got the whole group over here. Super, super baked. The whole Irie crew, the original Irie genetics, Irie army crew got lit. So big up to that day. I'll never forget that day. Pops, I'll miss you forever. You're always going to be in that story. Um, but that was when I killed the entire crew. All right. So that gets us into my first, second, third dab story. Three good stories is enough for this one. Let's talk a little bit more about the actual evolution of dabbing. Uh, When we started this, uh, the BHO concentrates, we were open blasting in enclosed places with PVC tubes. If you're a concentrate maker or a concentrate consumer, all of those things are completely absurd. You should not be open blasting, which is if you don't know what that is, that's fine. If you do, you're going, oh man, I remember those days. Uh, That's just blasting cans of butane haphazardly through a PVC tube stuffed with concentrates to make, or stuffed with weed to make concentrates out of it. Don't do that. Uh, Don't do that. That is terrible. The PVC leeches, you get gases and shit from the PVC in your concentrate. You shouldn't be open blasting. And I said in enclosed spaces. That's how shit blows up. I know several people that are scarred from head to toe, uh, don't have any hair on their body, don't have any eyebrows and eyelashes because they were making butane concentrates incorrectly. So we've gone a long way. We went from doing that in the backyard with shitty equipment into having professional, amazing labs. But let's not overlook a bunch of the steps that it took to get there. We went from, like I said, open blasting inside. We finally went outdoors. We learned how to get better equipment, safer, more sterile equipment. People started learning about science and reading science and uh, chemistry papers. Uh, We started getting vac ovens. When we started getting vacuum ovens and learning how to properly purge the BHO concentrates, the game changed forever. People can make better concentrates more quickly. Batches could be larger. Uh, Production stepped up. Quality stepped up quite a bit. Uh, Then it became an art. Uh, the term extract artist became super popular. Everybody in Colorado, everybody in California, you were either a grower, a breeder, or an extract artist. Some people were all of the fucking above, um, making extracts and concentrates was huge for a little while there when those vacuum ovens became popular. Uh, then, uh, does anybody remember mystery oils? I've got mystery oils written down. I have to go fast here cause that camera is losing battery rapidly. Uh, we need to get another camera and figure out some shit here. Um, Remember mystery oil, you guys, if you're around for mystery oil, we started making butane and when we started purging properly, uh, we started discovering a weird layer of oils on top of our concentrates. We didn't know if it was coming from the plants itself, pesticides or something applied to the plant, or the big question was, is it coming from the butane cans, which we are buying? And then later we discovered, guess what? was coming from the cans of butane which we were buying nobody knew what it was it was never identified uh people were curious about it a lot of us probably smoked a lot of that shit didn't know it didn't realize it still have no idea what it was maybe that's why I twitch when i wake up in the mornings you never know um so we got much better we learned to purge we got vac ovens we discovered mystery oils mystery oil was a good time our concentrates went from black poop soup i used to call things poop soup and tain soup Uh, Butane soup, you'd get dabs, you'd get concentrate, you'd take a dab of it and you'd put it on somebody's nail or your nail and it would sparkle and it would make a stain. Now concentrates, they burn smooth and they vaporize and they disappear cleanly. Here's a quick trick. Random side notes from Ross to Jeff. If anybody ever offers you a dab, a puff of a concentrate, or even some flowers that you don't want to smoke, my way of diverting that conversation and politely avoiding that is I go, oh, man, that looks pretty good. You want to try some of what I got? And then I bust out mine, and it always diverts the conversation. You don't have to smoke their dabs or their flowers if it looks questionable. I understand. sometimes I don't want to smoke uh certain concentrates that I see that certain people bring around. No offense to anybody, but some of your concentrate looks like complete shit and I'm not gonna smoke it. I'm not gonna put my lungs, my health, my body at risk. Um also, ew, I just don't want to smoke it. So uh you can't avoid smoking other people's nasty poop soup, their tame crap, uh, their their butane batter, just by saying, oh check this out, bro, and show it to them and you both take a dab of that and then you still have a friend and then if they're really insistent, you can be like, ah oh, man, I'm high after the dab I took and you can just keep making excuses all day. But you could politely, tactfully dodge it. Got a couple of excuses for you. Let me get my high rambly ass back on track now. We went from poop soup to the stuff that we have now. You guys, we had... Um stuff would come out liquidy and goopy and the wrong color. And then it started to shatter. We had concentrates called shatter. They used to say, if it don't shatter, it don't matter. And then we realized a lot of the shatter was lipids and things that we don't really want to smoke. And then we started learning that you could whip it and turn it into a batter. I really like a nice batter, especially a live batter. Uh, That's when you fresh freeze it, then extract it, then make a batter out of it. But I like a batter. I feel like it's very terpy, uh, has a lot of terpenes, uh, a lot of flavor And I really think that the feeling in the lungs is great. Uh, So we had uh, goop, and then we had shatter, then we had batter, uh, then we had wax. People learned how to make it into a waxy texture. Sometimes I really liked the wax. You'd get a big old glob of wax and heat up the dab nail and just press the wax right into the dab nail and smoke as much as you want, all in one big rip. That was pretty fun to do. Um, We had crumble, stuff that would just fall apart and crumble. There are so many different textures of concentrates and so many different names uh, I got regionally, it got known as a lot of different shit. Also, you could go from Pueblo to Denver, uh, up to Boulder, and the same shit would be called something different. You'd find earwax in different places. It'd be called crumble in a different place. Uh, you can tell why it's called earwax. Pull out a chunk of goopy earwax and look at it. There was a concentrate that looked like that. Whatever color that shit is that came out of your ear, there was a concentrate that looked like that somewhere. So now... Uh, We've gotten better and cleaner concentrates. Now we've got diamonds and sauce and live rosins and live batter. Now we can basically, I'm not a Scientologist. uh, I'm not a concentrate maker. I'm not an extraction nearest in any way. But now I understand that we can basically extract and divide uh, any of the components of the plant, which we so desire. We can pull out the terpenes in one container. Uh, we can pull out the cannabinoids in another container. We can pull out the pesticides in another container and isolate all of those components of the cannabis plant is where this evolution has gotten. Now we are making uh, big diamonds out of straight THCA. It's 99.9% THCA. And that 1% is just atmospheric allowances. There's gotta be oxygen and some moisture and shit in there. Uh, and now we can also make the same thing with CBD crystals and isolates. It's amazing to me. Uh, you can buy 99% cannabis derived terpenes and you can mix your own crystals and your own terpenes together and make your own ratios to the amount that you like. I don't, I used to really love the diamonds, but I feel like they're, uh, I don't, I like the buzz, but I feel like when I smoke those diamonds without enough terps, the THC just makes me go real high for a minute and there's no fun to the buzz. It's like, oh, I'm really high. But nah, no, I'm not. It's just weird. I feel like the Terps really give a uh, color to the buzz. If, uh, if my buzz was a firework, the THC makes me fly up in the air, and then the terpenes are the color of my buzz. And those crystals don't have any color to them in the buzz, bro. They get you real high, make your chest feel weird, get your heart racing, make your blood sugar do weird shit. But I'm not a big fan of the high without some sort of backup into there. Um, I feel like I feel like this is my prediction. I don't know if I've ever said this on a podcast. I know I've said this in previous uh, Instagram live videos and other weird rambles where I have appeared, but here is a prediction that I do see coming uh, in the future if it doesn't already exist and uh, Babylon is just keeping it from us. It's a big conspiracy, but really, this is what I do see coming in the future. Ideally, I think that each uh, patient, consumer, uh, either recreational or medically, will be able to walk into... Uh, It may be a dispensary. It might just be your normal store. Who knows? You may be able to do this at Starbucks, but I would like to be able to walk into a place um, and I can hand them my card and my card has my preferred mix. Now, hear me out. This sounds crazy, but when we get there together, you're going to go, I want this card. Um, Imagine when you go, when we were a kid and we would go to um, round table pizzas where I went, bro, I just had a crazy flashback. Did you see it happen in my face? Uh, Roundtable Pizza was the pizza place near me, and they had all of the soda machines in a row. You could get Coke, Diet Coke, Cherry Coke, um, fucking Vanilla Coke, Pepsi tea, uh, Sunkiss. Um, what's the fucking other one? Maybe some Fanta, some Dr. Pepper, uh, maybe even some lemonade. Um, who who knows what the fuck else they had on that row of fucking sugary diabetes drinks, but um, you could go make your, we call it a suicide, right? You could put um, if you put Sprite in the suicide, you're fucking it all up. Why would you do that? You want to put all the darkest colors, the cherry, the Dr. Pepper, I'd make the most disgusting concoctions of sugar and syrup you could out of that thing. What if you could walk into a dispensary, a terp box, a dab bucks, whatever you want to call this place, and you could hand them your card. And that card said, my preferred slurry is this. And you drop that card. Maybe you just swipe it in. There's no people. You put it into a machine. And the machine says, Oh, Rasta Jeff is here. He wants to concentrate. That is this. Let's say 50% THCA, because I like to get real high. Then let's put uh and I'm just making up numbers. I don't know the numbers here. This is I'm creating this as we go. This is my dream. Come live it with me. My card says that I want 50% THCA in my slurry, zero CBD, because I don't fuck with CBD. That ruins my buzz. I want some limonene. I want some linalool. Uh, I want a little bit of pinene in there, and let's put some myrcene in there just to kick it off. And then I don't know what other cannabinoids, paleots, and esters we could add to that yet but in the future, science will know what things we can add to that. Maybe we're just going to put some carophylline in there. Uh, maybe we'll just add weird components of other shit in there that are organic compounds. It will help that buzz affect me the way that I need to for my medical or recreational desire. Maybe I've got uh, two or three recipes on a card that I can just swipe this card. Maybe I can set my settings on my phone and say, I want to get high as fucked where when I smoke this concentrate, fireworks go off in my brain and I can levitate. And then maybe I've got another one that I can go to my phone and say, I need to take a fucking nap, knock me out, put me down. I can make two different concentrates, swipe my card. It spits both of them out, puts a label on them. This one is 50% THC, a bunch of limonene, some linalool. You're going to get high as fuck. This one over here is all sleepy time components. I don't know what that would be for my body, but that's in this one. It spits them out, charges my card, sends me home. I get to go take dabs of Rasta Jeff's custom slurry concentrate. Just imagine walking around with your own vape pen with your custom slurry or your own dab rig and hitting your own custom slurry and then your friends got their own, uh, it's like mixing jelly bellies and finding your flavors or mixing up fucking sodas all day. I really think that's the way of the future. That's what I wanna see in cannabis in uh, concentrate development, improvement because right now I love the textures, uh, the batters, the butters, the sauces, all of that. I love it the terpenes cannot be beat. Uh, cannabis concentrates, the flavors are at an all time peak. Uh, I've got some GMO concentrates and some garlic banger concentrates that when you open the jar, it is almost disgusting. It's almost vile. It almost makes you go. Ugh! And then you want to, you take a dab of it and you blow it out and your mouth has this like burnt rubber, rotten eggs, gas, and skunk thing on it. And you go, that's disgustingly delicious. Can I have another dab of that? terpenes have never been stronger. We're learning how to preserve the terps in the grow and the dry and cure or the harvest process, even if there's no dry and cure, and then also in the concentrate production. And then in the preservation of those concentrates, the transport, those jars have to get from uh, one facility to another and stay fresh. And then you have to buy it and get it home. Like we're learning a lot about preservation of terpenes and these concentrates. All right, we got enough battery to keep talking. We can make a podcast out of this Uh, The evolution of the gear and the actual dab. I mentioned before that we had this swing arm skillet. Before we were just stuffing concentrates on top of weed and smoking it like that. I didn't have a real dab pen or a real concentrate device. Then we got the swing arm skillet. That was pretty cool, uh, except sometimes the dabs would roll off the skillet onto your fucking leg or onto the table, or you got hot oil on you. Like that shit sucked. That time period, everything was sticky and shit sucked. Torches have come a long way. Uh, You got to torch the nail. You got to torch the skillet. Torch companies and torches have come a long way, big up to all the torch companies that tortured us and helped improve us along the way. Nails, dab nails have come a long way. Back in the day, we used a big ass uh, metal nail, some crap metal. Then it was titanium. Big uh, big shout out to our friends, Task Rocket, highly educated titanium. Task changed the game. Then we went from titanium, everybody switched over to quartz bangers. Then from the banger, everybody switched over to the new terp slurper. Things have really changed quickly There. Also, there are e-nails. Oh, let's talk about the torch and the temperature, you guys. Uh, Do I have that written down? That's coming up. Yeah, we'll talk about that next. Uh, Then we got e-nails. Instead of heating up the nail all the time, we found an e-nail we could set at the right temperature and hit that shit all day long. Uh, Then we got a Puffco. We started getting electronic devices, the Puffcos, uh, dab pins. Then things went crazy from there. Now the options for smoking are fucking endless. Hmm. One thing I forget to talk about is the Atmos Raw Vape. Uh, There was this little device that I watched ruin people's lives. You would put concentrates in a one dram or a half dram glass vial. It sounds like drugs already. It looked like fucking drugs. You'd screw it into this little metal pipe. It was an aluminum apparatus that basically was big enough for your hand to hold, and then you would slowly heat that glass vial that had the concentrates in there with a small torch, and you would inhale it looked and felt a lot like you were doing drugs. You really don't want to get caught doing, but the dabs or the dry dabs, it wasn't a dab because it was just a straight dry vapor rip from hot, hot concentrates through a metal pipe and a glass vial. The rips you would get from that could ruin your weekend. You would cough so hard. Your lung would come out of one side and your esophagus would pop out. Snot would come out of your eye and tears would come out of your nose. It was a fucked up, delicious experience. I watched people throw up from that thing. I watched people pass out from it. I got so high. It was beautifully uncomfortable. That thing would ruin people. So the Atmos, I think it was called the Atmos. No, that was a different device. That was, this was not the Atmos right? You guys, I was wrong when I said that, what was that fucking thing called? It was metal. Uh, I've got one somewhere. Um, I don't know what it was called, dude. That thing would just fucking ruin people's days. It was metal. Uh, might've been the cloud V. It wasn't that either. There were so many apparatus and devices is we went through. I did say devices is on purpose. I was trying to be Bobby Lee. Um, if you think of what that metal fucking thing is called that a vial screwed into, and you heat up the vial and smoke concentrates through that. Uh, I'll try to find mine. It's in a box somewhere. I'll post a picture of it. If I can find it, um, that, that thing used to fuck me up. How are we doing on battery? All right, we're doing good. Uh, We are well. Um, Eventually, we learned not to heat the dab nail uh, into oblivion like we were trying to reshape the fucking thing. For a long time there, we thought the hotter the dab nail, the better the dab. Then we learned uh, the term was you got to waste it to taste it. We developed a thing called a carb cap. We did not. Shout out to my buddy Task Rock. Task Rock is who I know for pioneering the carb cap. It was a device that would go over your dab nail that would trap the heat and oxygen inside the dab nail and limit. Oh man, we used to have domes too. We didn't even talk about domes on the dab rig. We skipped that. How old school are you? Uh, if she doesn't know what a dome on a dab nail is, she's not old enough for you, bro. Anyway, we're going to skip right over the domes. You guys know what those were. It was a dome to go over the dab nail so that the air didn't get away, the smoke didn't get away, or trap the air. Uh, eventually, we went to a domeless nail. Then we went to a carb cap. When we started putting the carb cap on, it would trap the heat inside the nail and it would trap, it would minimize the flow of oxygen, which would create a vacuum on the surface of the nail and give you a much larger, smoother burning dab, a better concentrated, better vaporization, if you will, without as much heat, which gave you a bigger, better dab without roasting your lungs, which got me higher. It got me less lung pain and it tasted so much better. So we learned, uh, the term was taste it to waste it because the cooler dabs, low temp dabs tend to taste a little bit better because you're not burning off those turps. So over time, we learned to adjust and control our temperatures a little bit better. Uh, I still go a little hot. I kind of like a little bit hot, but we have learned quite a bit. The word used to be glowies. Uh, we used to do red hot dabs and call them glowies. It'd be glowies for Harambe, uh, glowies for Jesus, whoever it was for that day, but we would do glowies back in the day and they would fucking hurt. My lungs are probably still burned up from a couple of hot, hot glowies. Then I forgot about ninja dabs, bro. Ninja dabs are not on the notes, but a ninja dab. Um, If I'm taking a dab, right, nice and peacefully, right? We're going to act like this is my dab tool. I'm going to take a dab on the microphone here. I'll look into this camera as I do it. Right, I got my dab. I'm right, nice and ready, right? As soon as I get my dab to the device, one of my asshole friends reaches in with, guess what, another dab and doubles up my fucking dab. Now I'm doing two dabs. Didn't expect to do two dabs. That's called the ninja dab. Now I'm going to be double high. I'm going to cough twice as hard. It's kind of a dick move, but also thanks for the dab, bro. Another thing that I used to do, I used to set time bombs. What the fuck is a time bomb? I would put another dab underneath the carb cap so that I wouldn't even have to ninja dab you. You would ninja dab yourself. You would take a dab and then you'd grab the carb cap and you'd set the carb cap on the nail. This is my nail right here for now for this, the sake of uh, movie magic here. You'd be doing your dab. And then you'd set your carb cap on there and you'd get more dabs and you'd be like what the, why is it smokier than ever and now you got to do two dabs and you only expected one you just got time bombed or booby trapped what's wrong with the dab booby trap who doesn't want an extra dab maybe sometimes you don't want an extra dab but sorry dude you were at Rasta jeff's house you got another dab you're gonna be okay we got cookies and cable everything will be all right all right let me get my high ass back on track i do have some notes and we're running out of time the battery is descending quickly. Um... Bro, we went from smoking goop and crap and questionable shit, shit that I was like, oh, I paid money for this at a fucking dispensary. I bought this dark brown shit that smells like burnt sulfur and it tastes like fish guts when I smoke it, to now we're smoking live rosin, live batters, the best concentrates on the planet through high-end quartz at the correct temperature with the fucking thermometer in the dab nail to tell me it's just the right temperature. We are spoiled now. Things have come a long way. Uh, I've got to say how grateful I am, how uh that's the word, dude. I am so grateful. I am spoiled. I love, I really enjoy taking dabs. The act of dabbing is something that really uh seems to keep me calm and fulfill the day. So I really enjoy dabbing. I'm really great that we have evolved so far. I hope wherever you are, you are evolving as much as we are. Uh, if you've got any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns about dabbing, about concentrates, about uh, any of the above, the cannabis concentrate community, the scene, whatever, equipment, use, how to do it. I'm not going to teach you how to make it but let's talk about it. The email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Please do reach out. A lot of this uh, knowledge and science has come along because of the legalization of cannabis. So uh, fight to make cannabis legal where you are. If recreational cannabis is what you need, make that happen. If legal cannabis is the only way to make it happen, make that happen. But let's get cannabis legal nationwide so we can all understand cannabis uh the growth of the plant the process to make the concentrates and then the enjoyment of dabbing with our friends let's all do it together you guys let's legalize cannabis together let's take some dabs together this was episode 709 ladies and gentlemen boys girls pimps hoes friends foes smokers growers clone cutters pollen chuckers flower smokers and you dab heads out there I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. This was a great show. I had a good time making it. I hope you had as much fun listening. If you feel like the episode was educational, informative, entertaining, maybe you'd just like to throw me a buck for my time, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Once again, all of the information is right there on the screen. If I said that too fast, or you'd like to find any other links, or information, simply visit iRegenetics.com. There's a lot of info there. There's a link to seed vendors, a link to merchandise, a link to the Discord, and of course, uh, a link to the Patreon, uh, what is it, a Patreon page? A Patreon campaign is what I think we call it, Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I've got for this episode. I feel like I'm rambling to drag this out. Let's wrap this up before the battery dies. All I can do is ruin a great show from here. See, it's already happening. I knew it was coming. Let's get out of here while we're still winning. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. content. What is wrong with me? Here it goes already. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Danny Potts. And Until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.